Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Lou, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors lost Game 7 by a score of 92-87 to to the Boston Celtics. But before I go on to recap this game, i got to tell you that, look, I know what you're thinking right now. You're hurting. Basketball came back. The Raptors came back from an 0-2 deficit. They came back from down 3-2. And they had Game 7 right there, but uh, they lost it. And, you know, you need some comfort. You watch them, you crave them. That's how it works. I get it. You know, I'm feeling it right now. I'm talking about buckets on the podcast right now, but... Really, I could really use a $10 Mighty Bucket for two. I mean, how could you get your mind off four pieces of chicken, two original recipe tenders, two individual fries, two dips, and of course, a popcorn chicken? But don't worry, it's normal. It even happens to most NBA players during actual games. It just means you're hungry. So order your bucket online at kc.ca and get it before tip-off. So yeah, this is the end of the road for the reigning champions. It ends here in Game 7 against the Celtics. and I really want to talk about the game... Um, but somehow it doesn't feel that important. I think it, it feels if I don't know. I, I just I just feel a lot of appreciation appreciation for the Raptors and the way they played. Um, really more than anything else, my my main emotion is that I feel sad that this team. I'm not gonna be able to watch them, um, every other night. Uh. You know that it's they've had such a incredible year. I'm so proud of this team. I will never forget this team. They played. I know it's so cliche. I swear to God, it's so cliche. But they played with the heart of a champion for all season long. They played with the heart of a champion here tonight. They couldn't get it done. But I love this team. I, I love this team so much. Um Covering this team, they're a joy to cover. They're an interesting team. They're a team of good people. Up and down the franchise. Um, you know. They're ju- it's just a good team. It's a good, it's a good team of good people. And they played with a uh, pure heart. Really, really pure heart. I, I And I love every single one of these people. Um, and... They couldn't get it done. The Celtics are a really damn good team. I didn't think I told you that at the start of the series when I previewed it. And I'm telling you that again. I mean, you don't need me to tell you, really. You saw it. You saw it with your own eyes. The Celtics are a damn good team. As the Raptors said, um, you know, coming into the playoffs. Yeah, they might not have the most talent, but they're going to be damn hard to beat in a seven-game series. I mean, it's going to be very hard for a team to beat them four times. If they can, they shake their hands. That's exactly what happened. Um, the Raptors gave the Celtics absolute hell in this series. Absolute hell. We've always wanted Raptors-Celtics, and we've got it. And it lived up to expectations. It was a phenomenal series. Objectively, it's... I mean, it's freaking painful. <laughs> I can't lie, but it's... Uh, it was a phenomenal series. The Celtics played 
incredible basketball the Raptors played. You know, less incredible basketball, but still really, really resilient basketball. And I think the Celtics prove they're a better team. Not by much, but they're a better team. And, you know, uh, you got to give them their due. I know I hate the Celtics. I hate Boston sports, everything they stand for, mass holes, all the other people. I get it, man. But look, listen, just we're just talking about basketball on this team. They're a damn good team. They're a damn good team. Play really hard defensively. They got, obviously, some guys that really set the tone. As much as I hate Marcus Smart for flopping. Really, really Kyle Lowry-esque in the way he sets the intensity and leader for that team. Obviously, does so much for them defensively. And occasionally, when he scores offensively, it's, it kills you. They have, you know, a legitimate star in Kemba Walker. Really, really tough player. That mid-range jumper, he doesn't seem like he ever misses on a step-back mid-range. So quick, so slithery, really good playmaker. And then you got Tatum. Who is just, you know, he's a star. I mean, look at his stat line tonight, man. He had the first 25-point, 10-rebound, 5-assist performance in a Game 7 since Kobe Bryant. The late Kobe Bryant, who was Tatum's idol growing up. You got to be happy for a guy like that, man. I mean, a young player showing out, continuing to improve. He's been so impressive. As I've said in 10 things, and I've tweeted this out earlier in the series, you know, a lot of players, a lot of star players look very ordinary against the Raptors. A lot of star players. And Jason Tatum's on my looked even better. And he showed it tonight. He was phenomenal. By far the best player on the court. Made some huge plays. And you got to give the Celtics to do. I mean, look, listen. They, they earned this. They earned this. The Raptors didn't give them anything. They just earned this. And you got to give them credit, man. That's a tough team. You know, it's a tough team. They've been building for a lot of t- years. You know, they have a great chance to get into the NBA Finals now. That's a, that's a tough team. And I don't think I'll be rooting for them because, again, I really do hate Boston. But, you know, you, you, there's nothing but respect I have for that team right now. So much, so much respect. Um, As for the game, so it was, as you can expect in a Game 7, it was mad ugly uh, throughout the game, you know. Earlier on, it felt so strange. The first half was unlike any other half the Raptors had played this entire series. Um, They were getting a lot of good looks going to the basket. You know, um, at one point I really remarked that I think five players had gotten to the rim um, midway through the second quarter. You know, um, Kyle had gotten there. Norm got down in transition for a dunk. Serge got a deep post position and, and, you know, um, I put back as well, you know, OG spun on Tice and had a really tough finish through contact. Pascal got to the rim. Um, and yeah, it was just, you know, Norm got to the rim. I already mentioned that, but it was looking good. The Raptors actually surprisingly had their offense running decently well. I didn't think the Celtics were going to be giving up that much, uh, you know, that many layups at the rim all game. You know, they're a really solid team defensively. And, you know, obviously those were shut down. But really, the Raptors are in a good groove. What happened was the Raptors had a five-minute stretch there where they turned the ball over six times, including on four straight possessions. And that kind of killed the Raptors' flow. It got the Celtics back into the game. You know, the Raptors were down 19-7 to start. The Raptors climbed out of it, took a seven-point lead. It was phenomenal really I mean at the start it looked it looked terrible because the Celtics looked like they're about to go for another blowout the Raptors got themselves back into it got themselves into the lead and then those turnovers just absolutely killed the Raptors and there were just too many mistakes from that point onward for the Raptors to win look 
Stockdrappers were out of this game, you know. Uh, they played catch-up for a lot of the second half, a lot of the fourth quarter. But they were in it. You can't ask for a better chance of this because if you look at it, despite the fact that the Raptors turned the ball over so much, despite the fact that none of their players played well, particularly, despite the fact that, you know, it was very agonizing and I don't think the Raptors had a good answer for what Tatum was doing. Um, and despite the fact that, you know, Kemba was hitting all these tough jumpers. Honestly... The Raptors had a really good chance to win this game. And maybe that's the point that that's the part that you might get stuck on. If you're listening to this right now, you're probably still hot, no matter if you're listening to it the night of and the next night or whatever. You're probably still hot about the way this game ended. And, you know, with what, thirty five seconds left, Raptors were down two. They give up a drive. Kemba Walker, as he did at the end of uh, game three, where he found Tice, kept his dribble alive, got into the paint, collapsed it. Dropped this really, really tough pass. He was already midair. He was already in traffic. Maybe like five or six bodies in the paint. He drops this pass, a bounce pass, in traffic, right to Grant Williams, the rookie. And that's where the Raptors made four errors um, that cost them the game. First, it was Kyle Lowry grabbing onto Williams' arm, committing the foul. Um, Now... This was an error that was a hard error in terms of Kyle Lowry's playing hard. You know, um, he was trying to prevent a layup at the end of a two-point game. Um, You kind of have to do it. Uh, Now, you know, if you look at the whole situation, the Raptors actually had a lot of paint protectors in the the game at that point. Obviously, there was no center because the Raptors went small ball to close just like they did in game six. But Pascal was there. OG was there. I'm not totally sure Williams would have made that layup. He's only six foot six, doesn't really have hops. Um, but it was a hard it was a, it was a hard foul, and it, it was an it was an I guess a necessary foul. But it was a costly error in the sense that that was Kyle Lowry's sixth foul, so he took himself out of the game with that foul. It was undeniable. Now Nick Nurse used his challenge on the play. I don't hate him using the challenge there because, I mean, what are you going to do? You have to try to do anything you can to keep Kyle in the game. It's a pretty clear foul. Um, so you he kind of burned a timeout there um, and burned his challenge. But again, it's not really the challenge. It's really the, the timeout that was wasted there. I wouldn't count that as an error for Nick. You kind of just have to do it. There's What else are you waiting for, to be honest? Um, so that's the first error. Kyle Lowry fouling Grant Williams. All right. Then the second error was... The Raptors had Grant Williams at the free throw line. The rookie on the spot misses both free throws. Both free throws. So it's still a two-point game at that point. The Raptors will be down 89-87 to with 35 seconds left, with a timeout left, two-for-one opportunity to get a shot up. You know, not bad. Not bad at all. Um, The issue there was Norman Powell failed to box out Jason Tatum at the three-point line. Jason Tatum broke free from the three-point line. That's unacceptable. That is just purely unacceptable. It's such a costly error. And then Tatum, as the star of the game, almost like it was fate, he comes up with the loose ball, and he gets immediately grabbed. He shoots two free throws. So instead of the Raptors getting the ball back with 35 seconds with a good chance for a two-for-one tying the game, maybe even taking the lead, who knows? We've seen a lot of very close games the Raptors have taken the lead, okay? Uh, instead, Tatum goes to the free throw line. Now, luckily, he splits the pair. 
So the Raptors actually came up with a defensive rebound this time around, down three. Now, there's no Kyle Lowry in the game. It's a big, big factor. You kind of need Kyle in the game. Whatever. The Raptors go the other way, all right? Um, they try to push in transition. Doesn't They don't really get anything. Fred is trying to run a two-man game with Pascal. Then he's trying to... He, he, there's nothing there. He gets the baseline. He backs all the way out. He gets surge on him. And it's basically after that first initial sequence with Pascal didn't work out, I was like, this possession is going absolutely nowhere. Nowhere. And I needed Nick Nurse to call a timeout there. He had a timeout left. That's the third error. Okay. Nick Nurse did not call the timeout there. He should have. He should have seen that there was nothing going on. The play was developing right in front of the Raptors bench. As soon as Fred turned around out of the baseline, off the baseline, with no clear advantage whatsoever, you call a timeout there. You do what you need to do. First off, the two-for-one opportunity is gone. It is now just less than 24 seconds in the game. There's... uh, Still plenty of time. I mean, I mean, I don't know. By the time he turned, I think it was probably like 11 or 10 or 11 seconds. Call timeout there. Set something up. You need a three. I mean, put Matt Thomas in the game. You need a three. I understand. There were five capable three-point shooters still. You, you, you need a three. You need Matt Thomas out there. or And you need to drop a play because it really wasn't going to happen. So that was the third error. And then the fourth error was Fred VanVleet tries to run a play. With Surge, they end up switching the Celtics, so that leaves Grant Williams on Fred. And, I don't know, Fred tries to make a move, and it's pretty clear the Raptors need a three, and Williams was pretty smart. I mean, even though we missed the free throws as a rookie, still plays damn good defense. Six with Fred. Fred launches a contested heave uh, three that was blocked, and that was the season. That was the season. Those four mistakes. Kyle's foul. Norm's failed box out, Nick Nurse not calling timeout, and then Fred being unable to come up with anything at the end there. And uh, that's it. Raptors had, I don't think they had any business winning this game based on how many errors they made. But, I mean, let's be real. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if the Raptors had any business winning game three. But, of course, Kyle, OJ Anobi with 0.5 seconds hits the buzzer beater. And here, they had a very good chance to at least force overtime. Obviously, they would have been not the favorites in overtime because Kyle was out, but still could have done something. And that sequence of errors, those four errors right there, cost the Raptors. And again, if you're looking back at this game, that's going to stick in your craw forever. I know I'm going to be thinking about that for the weeks to come, the months to come, really. It's going to be a long off season, just based on COVID. Uh, it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a, the first winter without basketball, at least for a couple of months, November, December. We don't know what the future of the league looks like right now, what they want to do going forward. And usually, usually November and December is some good time to watch the Raptors basketball, stay home, snow outside, days are short, Raptors game on. Good times usually, but, you know, there's going to be a lot of, you know, those cold nights, and you might be thinking about those four errors, or you might be thinking about the fact that the Raptors just made too many errors to begin with. Like, the two things Raptors did really well in this series, even though offensively they weren't shooting the ball well, nobody in the series shot well. Even OG, who's been the most consistent Raptor, he only had one made basket today. And that was a layup. Um, but they just made too many errors as a, as a group, and again, it's uncharacteristic because the Raptors weren't making these mistakes earlier in the series. 
you know, you look at um, the 18 turnovers the Raptors made, leading directly to 31 points uh, off turnovers with the Celtics. That fueled the Celtics. Celtics weren't scoring that well as a group. Tatum was scoring great. But the other guys, I don't know. They're missing free throws. You know, it's a game seven. You know, it's hard to <laughs> it's hard to dominate game seven. And the Raptors directly fueled the Celtics so many times on turnovers. So many times. They would have their guards driving in or Pascal driving in, kicking the ball out wildly and turnover. Run out, dunk, score, easy layup, push the lead back up. It's just like pushing this boulder uphill over and over again. Raptors, you know, a Sisvian challenge there to uh, not turn the ball over. And, you know, you credit the Celtics for great defense, but, I mean, it's not like anything different that the Celtics were doing today than what they did earlier in the series. The Raptors just showed less discipline with the ball. I don't know what else to say about that, you know. And it's not even necessarily the turnovers. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, they would just have guys drive in, go in for wild layups, and they would fall over. And the Raptors would be at a numerical disadvantage defending in transition. The Celtics would get something out of that. Maybe not directly, but there's mismatches. You know, um, there's a lot of that. So a lot of errors. 18 turnovers, you know, that's the high for the whole series. The 31 points off the turnovers absolutely killed them. And then the other thing was the offensive rebounding. You know, when you look at the total, 10 offensive rebounds doesn't seem like that much. But one... It saved the Celtics earlier in the early in the game. The Celtics were bricking everything from three. The Celtics didn't really shoot well from three as a group anyway, but bricking everything from three earlier on. The Raptors were running that box in one, so they were getting threes out of it, but they couldn't make them. But the Raptors just kept giving up offensive rebounds. That kept the Celtics alive. The Raptors really should have been up, you know, a lot more than one at after the first quarter. The Raptors played better in the first quarter. They weren't able to get post separation. Because of those offensive rebounds early on. And then they got it more under control. But then in the fourth quarter there, I mean, again, that Norman Powell failed box down on Jason Tatum. You, how can you allow a man f- to crash in from the three-point line for a rebound? I, that's <clears throat> that's just that's too much. That's too much. And, yeah, the uh, the second-chance points, you know, hurt the Raptors a little bit, especially in important moments. And you just can't make that many errors. And, uh, and you know, it's... I don't know what you want to point that towards. You know, maybe you want to put that on exhaustion. The Raptors looked dead tired. <laughs> they looked really tired. They defended. They defended. They defended. But they had nothing on offense. Guys were moving. No off-ball movement whatsoever. And I, I don't know where you could have gone for scoring. Um, nobody was a reliable scorer today. You know, Kyle... You know, <laughs> listen, Kyle Lowry showed once again why he's the greatest Raptor of all time in this series. But realistically, we're talking about a 34-year-old Kyle Lowry going up against an all-NBA defender in Marcus Smart. And just a great defense in general for the Celtics. How many times can you expect him to be a superstar? The fact that he gave you Game 3, Game 4, Game 6... Is phenomenal. This might have been one of the best playoff series of Kyle Lowry's freaking career. And he gave it to you here, too. I mean, he gave you, what, a, a layup late? Two free throws late? Raptors couldn't get anything? They battled back from down, I think, eight or ten points in the fourth quarter when they couldn't score anything? Kyle gives you those two buckets going to the rim, closing the game. I think he might have had Toronto's last couple points, to be honest. Um... And he puts you right there in a one position, a one, a one possession game. But you know, this was not one of those superstar performances. This was not, 
you know, the game winner over Kemba, or the, or the inbound to OG, like, this wasn't. But this was still a great game from Kyle. I mean, he gave you everything he had. He looked tired. He looked tired. The, the, the drive, the energy, he summoned it late. But, I mean, early on, you kind of need Kyle to really summon it, you know, go hard. And this just wasn't fully there for Kyle, you know? You know, it's. I think he had one basket in the first quarter, maybe. Only had one three on six attempts. Like, you know, it just wasn't. Wasn't his best game, obviously. I mean, we've seen his best. His best is really quick. Really, really good. Kyle wasn't really there. You know, Fred scored it decently. You know, he had some big threes there in the fourth quarter. But also, the turnovers. Real costly for Fred, man. And and not even just turnovers, but going to the rim for layups and missing those costly. And then the final possession. Also costly. You know, dribbled the air out of the ball, got his shot blocked. Didn't even try to pass it to anybody. Can't blame him, but also, that is what it is, man. And then, you know, you get to Pascal, who, I mean, this man has struggled. This man has struggled in this series. That's the elephant in the room. Um, you know, the Raptors were still close enough, despite all this other stuff, to uh, to really, um, to really... You know, still be in the playoffs. I mean, damn, I told you. This is a one-possession game at the end of this. But the the elephant in the room here is... If you, look at the, if you just compare the two stars, Jason Tatum, Pascal Siakam, it's very different results. Very, very different results. You know, what we saw to Pascal was a lot of shakiness, you know? Um, the Celtics obviously played tough defense against them. You know, early on they sent double teams. You know, they they put some pretty tough defenders on him one on one. Jason, uh, you know, Jalen Brown obviously did a great job there. Uh, Semi Ojale, very underrated defender. He, he did a good job there. You know, their centers did a good job of helping and you know uh, protecting the paint and always staying active. But as the series went on, Celtics stopped guarding him on the three point line. They stopped guarding him with double teams. They went to ISO. And the Raptors just, you know, they Pascal just couldn't deliver offensively. You know, I and I give Pascal full credit defensively for what he did in this series. I mean, this man played heavy, heavy minutes, man. He's 54 minutes in game six, okay? And 42 tonight, second most on the team. Um, But, yeah, just, you know, offensively as a number one guy, not even close. Sorry, not even close to the number two option this year, to be honest. Last year, Pascal, phenomenal number two option. You know, up and down a little bit. A little down in the Sixers series in the second half. Obviously, first half of the series, he was good. Um, Buck series was down. Really good in the in the finals. 20 and 10 against Draymond. Pretty freaking good. You know, earned that max contract. But, um, yeah, in the playoffs here, just we hadn't seen it. And honestly, in the bubble, we hadn't seen it. You know, I mean, obviously, that's been a big topic. You know, Nick's been asked about it. Other guys have been asked about it. Whatever. But, you know, it just seems like Pascal wasn't sharp. And I don't know what you really do about that. It is what it is. You know, you can, you can be mad at him, I guess, if you want to, about not touching a basketball during quarantine and not, you know, breaking quarantine to... uh Go work on his craft. I mean, I, I I just find it hard to blame him for that. I think that's just a circumstance. Like, I think a global pandemic is very important. But if you want to be mad about it, I I guess go for it. Um, I just, I'm just not there with you. 
I understand. It's just a tough sequence, man. Tough things happen in life, man. <laughs> no one wants the pandemic to be there, but whatever, right? But yeah, Pascal just he wasn't there the whole series. Um, he wasn't at his best. That's what I'm trying to say. He did contribute. Make no mistake, he contributed absolutely, um, especially defensively. But not there. And you know what? To give Pascal some credit, he actually gave the Raptors two of their baskets in the fourth quarter. Did the Raptors have any confidence in him? Really? Not necessarily. You know, if you look at the shot attempts, he was more a third option today than anyone else. You know, 12 field goal attempts for Pascal. You know, he ditched the the three-point line. He only shot one three. Took one long two that was pretty bad. Got a shot blocked a couple times. It's just different, you know? You couldn't really play off of what, what Pascal was doing like you could play off of what Tatum was doing. I mean, the, Tatum was just a threat. Anytime he was open, he was making that shot. It felt like he made he he was so automatic on wide open shots. It it was scary. It it, it was not quite Kawhi level, but it was scary. At, at times it did remind me of Kawhi. Whenever you like whatever, you leave him for open for a second, he's making that shot. Um but then it's also like the maturity that Tatum showed, you know, like being able to handle double teams, calmly get into the lane, keep his dribble alive, break down the defense, set up for other players. I mean, he had the seven assists today in a game where the Celtics really couldn't make a lot of shots. It's tough. The Raptors put a lot of defenses on him, man. They got under him with smaller guards. They put really good one-on-one wing defenders, you know, OG and Pascal. They had some really solid rim protection with, uh, you know, Mark and Serge. Played box and one, played zone against this guy, double teamed him, trapped him, did everything possible, and and Tatum handled it. He he handled it, and that, that's why I'm so impressed because he really handled it, you know. And if you look at what Pascal did again, what you know, what we saw over the course of the series was increasing complexity, increasing discipline, and increasing focus on how the Raptors tried to guard Tatum. And for the Celtics, it was the opposite. They literally took less and less pressure off of Pascal as the series went on. And, you know, uh, it's probably smart. You know, Pascal wasn't delivering. And this is the thing. I, I think the biggest takeaway here is just he's got to work on his skill set, man. The, the, the skill aspects of the game were not there for Pascal. Not just in this series, but in the bubble. Um, when we're looking at his handle. I mean, it was a disaster when he tried to dribble out the defense. You know, sometimes he could do it. And, you know, he did it for, I think, a foul in the fourth quarter there. Against Grant Williams. Uh, but, you know, whether it was Smart or, you know, whoever the Celtics, they stripped him so many times driving to the rim. And then you look at the the, the jumper. Um, I believe he shot something like 430 from three in this series. Um, I don't want to look it up because that's going to hurt my eyes looking at those numbers. But, yeah, the, the jumper obviously wasn't there for Pascal, so... That's tough. You, you you need a really, really sharp skill set to, to operate as a number one guy. You really need a sharp skill set, you know? And I'm not even talking about being on the level of Tatum, being on the level of Kawhi, you know? I mean, uh, those are two distinct levels, by the way. I'm not putting Tatum in Kawhi's level, please. Um, I'm just saying, to, to be at that level. And, yeah, Pascal wasn't there. I mean, offensively, the skill set wasn't even where DeMar's was. You know, you could say a lot about DeMar. Okay, the defense, whatever, you know, uh, all the other stuff. You know, I, I mean, I don't really see a reason in ragging on DeMar at this point. Um, but he, he was skilled offensively. You know, he could create for others. He could keep his dribble alive. He could get to the post. There's a certain plays you can run for him, get to the free throw line. Yeah, it wasn't a three-point shooter, but, I mean, was Pascal a three-point shooter in the series? It wasn't, right? So, 
you know, even to get to that Demar level, you know, you need to have a much sharper skill set. You know, Demar is incredibly skilled as a player offensively, and yeah, Pascal, you know, he has more development to go. But again, you go, you look back as development two years ago, you know, seventeen eighteen season, this guy was on the bench and like the seventh man. You know, sometimes he would have a great game. Sometimes Jakob Pertl will be the bench, best bench guy. Sometimes Fred will be the best bench guy. Sometimes Delano will be the best bench guy. You know? To go from that to where he is now, it it's just two entire worlds of difference. And for Pascal, I mean, he set the bar very high for himself, right? don't think he's a guy to make excuses. Um, but he set the bar really high for himself. What he did last year's playoffs, you know, 26 points, 12 rebounds in the... Uh, in game six of the finals, the game-winning basket over Draymond, making Draymond look silly with that slip and a floater. Tough, 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 tough shot in a very tough situation. Um, and then what he did throughout the course of this season, we've seen, you know, that he had got out to such an incredible start. He cooled off, but then picked it back up. You know, I remember the last game before the bubble or the, the COVID and pretty much the world shut down, at least in the, the Western Hemisphere. Um... Pascal in that game, 27 points, like 12 rebounds, 8 assists. I remember the 8 assists. That was a career high for him. He was doing really well. Um, and it seemed like his skill set was rounding back up. You know, I think the groin injury, I think, really set him back. Uh, obviously, that's the first time in his career he's been hurt. So, uh, he had to adapt to that. But And then, yeah, of course, the COVID shutdown happened. And it is what it is, man. He didn't play his best, but I, I still believe in Pascal, man. I still think we have a really incredible talent here. He needs, obviously, to work on a lot of things. And maybe he ultimately doesn't get to that number one level, but he's, you know, there's a lot to work on. Um, but I believe in him. I know he has the right attitude about everything. And he's a hard worker. And he's already a champion. He's literally, <laughs> you know, he's he's already a champion, man. So... I believe in Pascal. He just wasn't there in the series. I think we could be honest about that. And you could put whatever excuse you want, but he, he wasn't there um, to the level you needed him to be. And, um, yeah, you know, the way that Nick... I think it was interesting the way the Raptors closed this game. You know, Nick went to his small ball lineup, which I guess wasn't surprising. The small ball lineup played really well last uh, game. So you expected him to go back to it. Oddly, he didn't really go to it during the course of the game, but in the fourth quarter there... You know that's what they want to, and um, you know that makes you wonder. Like, what what do you what do you think about the the state of the center position for the Raptors moving forward? Because that's obviously two of the biggest questions in the offseason. And I don't want to address too many offseason questions here because there's going to be a whole summer of, or whole, I guess a whole fall and winter of questions about some of this stuff, and we can talk about that later on. But you know, I just think it's interesting that Mark played 19 minutes, Serge played 20 minutes. You know, that's it. And there's, there's a two big uh, free agents coming up. Uh, and if you can't play them in some of these crucial moments, then what are you doing, right? I mean, I get it. Matchups, you know, Celtics-specific matchup. But at the same time, I don't know, you know, they, where, where where are they on the floor? And the future in the center position is very tenuous because, you know, if it's not Serge, if it's not Mark, what is it, Chris Boucher? Boucher didn't even play in the series. He played early in the series, maybe like a couple of games here and there, but... Didn't really do anything. And he's also a free agent. He's, you know, so who knows? And he's definitely not as good as either Serge or Mark. So, I don't know. And, 
yeah. I don't. I. I mean, it's a lot of questions you have after a series like this, you know. But um, OG. I mean, he was one of the highlights of the series. I thought he competed. He showed a lot of fight. Obviously, skill wise and stuff like that. His role in the team is not as expanded to in terms of scoring, but he showed. I mean, the three in game three is an all time shot. The performance that he gave in game two was great too. Over twenty points. 23, I believe. Uh, playoff career high. Um, and then just the opportunities he provided, man. Game six, the assist, the norm for the three. The three for himself. The, uh, the pick and pop at the top. The defense that he played, playing center. I mean, OG has... There's so much to build off of this performance from OG. I'm so proud of this guy. You know, I, I know there's always a lot of doubt about him because, he, you know, he dribbles like a toddler. But... um. You know, you can work on those things. You can really work on those things. You know, I think Jalen Brown is, you know, one sort of trajectory for it. Actually, Brown is really advanced offensively, and you can see it. I mean, you know, he he had incredible confidence. I think his handle isn't fully there, but he's willing to take shots. He can score in a variety of ways. You know, really, really good in transition. His scoring there is good. It's a lot better than OG scoring in transition, but... You know, there's there's a couple ways forward for OG, man. I, th- I think, you know, he's shown that he deserves a bigger role next year. Not just necessarily as a starter, as a shutdown defensive guy, but also as a scorer, too. I think they got to give him some more. You know, the spin move was there. He's obviously willing to take shots. You know, we've even seen some crossover mid-range stuff. Not expecting that to be a huge staple, but I think it's time for OG to level up again. And I think we've seen that, you know, in this year's playoffs. Um, and even, you know, a guy like Norm... You know, I got to shout out Norm. Norm didn't play bad tonight. You know, Norm Norm came in early in the four, first quarter, gave the Raptors a boost. Came in early in the second half, gave the Raptors a boost. And you know what? He is what it is. He's a finisher. You know, um, he can be efficient in his role. He's good in transition. Uh, can't really create for himself, which is a pretty big problem for a six-man. Um, you know, and, you know, he doesn't really create for others. But... Solid player, real solid player. Done a very reasonable contract. Whether you want to move him, whether you want to keep him, You're kind of good either way, to be honest. And you know he was decent with his offense. Not not afraid. I mean, driving in for tough layups. You know, when the Raptors were down eight, I believe they didn't score for like they were stuck on like eighty two for like the longest time. Norv drove in for a layup to sort of give them just a little bit of breathing room to end the run for the Celtics as they were threatening to close out. The Raptors and you know Norm, that's Norm, man. I mean, look, this guy showed fearlessness. You you can't underrate a guy f- for having fearlessness as a scorer. That's a really important a- attribute. You know, I don't think Pascal is a fearless scorer, for example. I don't think Kyle is even a fearless scorer. Kyle is, if I have to score, I will do it. But like a fearless scorer is like, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the, the situation, in the game, a guy still gonna be taking his shot, taking his opportunity, and not turning things down. And Norm is that. I mean, look at the 15 points in the overtime periods, right? So, you know, I think, you know, Norm, obviously, it's a big regret that he didn't show up for the first five and three quarters of this series. Five games and three quarters. But, man, showed up in game six. He showed up tonight, too. And if you show up in a game seven, I, I, I really believe in you. And I I, I believe in Norm. He, he played his role well tonight. You know, it wasn't a dominant performance. But it was it was enough. So, yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, I just wish they boxed out Tatum. But honestly, at the end, you know, Fred wasn't getting anything anyway. So who knows? But yeah, I mean, 
it's a tough it's a tough way to end the season. It really is, man. Game seven, game <laughs> winnable game. You know the Celtics left the door open, man. Um, when when you know uh, Grant Williams missed those two free throws, the Celtics had shot at that point uh, twelve for twenty one on free throws, and Tatum swept the pair, so they finished the game thirteen of twenty three on free throws. They shot nine of thirty eight from the three. You know, Marcus Smart two of ten was a bad shooting game. Kemba Walker one of seven, bad shooting game. Jalen Brown, one of seven, bad shooting game. Only got one three off their bench. Only got seven points total off their bench. Raptors had this. It's just those four mistakes, man. You're gonna be crucial. And again, you know, it's it's something that's gonna hurt you all off season thinking about it. Um, just to quickly run through the three stars, um, I'll give Kyle my first star. Sixteen points. You know, didn't shoot the ball efficiently, but six rebounds, four assists. Uh, fouled out at the end. Kyle Lowry, first star of the season, too, by the way, man. Phenomenal dude. Really showed that he's a leader tonight, man. Uh, in this whole series, in this whole season. He he really stepped it up. And I didn't think he had it in him. But, I mean, what's wrong with me? I've watched Kyle all these years. Still don't know not to doubt Kyle Lowry. Hopefully I learned that lesson, man. Kyle Lowry, just a guy who's always there to beat the odds. And lead the team. Um, Second star, get that to Norm. 11 points, 3 rebounds off the bench, 50% shooting. And the third star, I'll give it to Surge. 14 points, 5 of 9 shooting off the bench. Again, you got your bench. They bent, The bench showed up. Even Matt Thomas came in, splashed the 3, played some decent defense for that short stretch there. 27 points off your bench. You win the bench battle 27 to 7. And, and it's just tough, man. It's just tough. Uh, in terms of Gerald Henderson Award, that's got to go to... I'll give it the Smart. I mean, Smart's been the Gerald Henderson this whole series. 16 points, you know, 6 assists, 2 rebounds, some pretty crucial plays there in the 4th quarter. Didn't shoot the ball well, but defensively dominant. Really, really kept a you know, tight lid on Kyle for a lot of the game and came up with some big plays in the 4th quarter. You gotta respect the guy who plays as hard as Marcus does. I know it's the, the flopping is shameless, you know. <laughs> of course it's shameless, but would you would you not take him on your team? I'd absolutely take Marcus Smart on my team. So, congrats to Marcus. Congrats to the Celtics as a whole. They played like a hell of a series. Really respect that club, even though I hate that club. I'll be rooting very hard for the Heat going forward. Shout out Heat culture. Shout out um, Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, there's there's the, the Splash Bros. And then you got the Sunscreen Bros there. But, um. Yeah, I mean, you know, one last word, you know, first off, a huge thank you to the Raptors. You know, this team, this franchise, what they showed this year, despite all the circumstances, you know, you, you get dealt that huge blow July 6th, you know, Kawhi Leonard signing with the Los Angeles Clippers. And even losing Danny Green, you know, I know, I know Lakers fans don't like Danny Green. Danny's such a nice human being, and... He's a winner. He's a contributor. He's a champion. And it sucks to see Lakers fans turn on him like that. But, um, you know, you lose those two guys. You know, Raptors don't miss a beat, you know. You know, you you have that story of Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam at Summer League. You got Nick Nurse fighting about it, you know, while he's watching a, a Prince impersonator at, in, in a concert. Looks down at his phone, sees Kawhi's left. Continues to watch the show. <laughs> And honestly, that you know, you, you have Masagi in that speech in that in the summertime. You know, 
you know, he said, I promise you we won't lose, we won't miss a beat. Of course the Raptors are gonna miss a beat, man. You can't lose the finals MVP for nothing and not lose a beat. But at the same time, they did everything possible not to lose a beat. You got Fred and Pascal that night saying it's another twenty shots for the two of us. Those two guys stepped up. Those two guys stepped up. And Kyle stepped up. He, you know, had one of his best seasons of his career later in his life. Thirty four. Phenomenal. You know, some of the older vets. I'm really happy, you know. Masai didn't trade some of these vets. Had the option to trade Kyle. Had the option to trade Mark. Had the option to trade Serge. All these guys would have benefited playoff teams. They kept them. And the Raptors made a run. They defended their title. And you look at the season, man. Um, All the injuries, right? Like All the injuries. Every single starter. Every single rotation player. The top seven. Outside of OJ Anobi. Missed at least 10 games. You know, guys stepping up. The resilience that they showed. You know, you got like what down thirty on a random December night <laughs> with what two minutes left in the third quarter. They win that game. Um, they lose the Celtics on Christmas Day. They go to Boston. No Mark. No Norm. No uh, Pascal. They got to start Patrick McCaw. And they win that game. You know, Lakers. Um, yeah, shutting down the Lakers with uh you know, Terrence Davis, Ronnie Hollis Jefferson, Chris Boucher blocking AD and LeBron in the same quarter. Matt Thomas giving you a five-point play. <laughs> um, you know, so many great moments in the season. It's the first ever franchise sweep. I get the, I get it. The Nets were a G League team, but still a sweep. Got to see the Raptors sweep a team, man. Listen, you know how many times the Raptors have been swept? <laughs> see that go the other way was pretty nice to be able to make all these Chris Chioza jokes. Um, and then even in this series, I mean, an all-time classic series. Nothing to be ashamed of, really. I mean, the ending, yeah, regrettable. You know, you could change a lot of things. Raptors could still be going. This could be an incredible slander pod with Assad. Didn't happen. Um, but you had, what, on the verge of going down 0-3, you got that pass, you know, Kyle Lowry makes over, you know, eight foot sixteen <laughs> Taco Fall to the upper side, other side of the court to OG with the release quick release the three I don't shoot trying to miss the game four a wire to wire win Raptors really show what they're made of they lose game five but they come back game six double overtime that might be one of the best games I've ever watched on the basketball perspective there's so many great things that went into that and then even today they had a great chance to win it you know and yeah the Raptors made a lot of mistakes you could say the Raptors lost this game but damn they didn't lose this game to anybody man this ain't losing to the Wizards with Paul Pierce Talking shit. This ain't, this ain't losing to, you know. Um, so this ain't getting blown out. This ain't, you know, um, you know, losing 2014 with a young squad. Lost to a damn good team. This Celtics team is really good. There's no shame in that. The Raptors play like champions. And that's the last thing I really want to say about this team. Is I want every future iteration of the Raptors to play like this. Every single future Raptors team needs to be measured against this one. And I guess 2018, 2019. But every single iteration moving forward needs to be compared to these two teams here. And especially this one. And the reason I say that is because I want this attitude, this spirit. When we talk about, oh, heat culture or whatever stuff, this is Raptors culture. This season. And this season, if you could put it into a museum and sort of hold it up as a standard... 
whatever you can do to honor this season, you have to do it because how many times you got the heart of the champion? They played like a heart of a champion. I know that's cliche. I get it, but that's what they did. And I want every single team moving forward wearing the Toronto Raptors jersey to defend like this team, to be smart like this team, to be unselfish like this team, to show the resilience of this team, to play with the pride of this team. That's what I want to remember from the season is that, you know what? They didn't win the championship this year, They but they tried like hell and they played like champions all year. Despite all the odds, nothing was too great for them. They They played through all of it. They played through all of it. I mean, look at this team going against the Boston Celtics. So the Celtics have, what, two max players on the team? Kemba Walker, Gordon Hayward, he was out, but still max player. You got Jalen Brown, he's going to get a max contract. Jason Tatum's going to get a max contract. So a lot of max players on that team. And you got, what, Jason Tatum, third pick. Jalen Brown, third pick. Marcus Smart, lottery pick, top, I think, six pick. Kemba Walker was, you know, I, I wish the Raptors drafted Kemba back in the day. Um, they had a chance to, they didn't, you know, top picks, Gordon Hayward, also a lottery pick, you know, and then, you know, they even got some lottery picks on the bench and you look at the Raptors, look at the rotation the Raptors had second round picks, you know, Norm Powell, Marcus All, late first round picks, Serge Ibaka, Kyle Lowry, Pascal Siakam, OG Anobi, undrafted players, Fred Van Vliet, Matt Thomas, Terrence Davis, the highest guy in the, the highest pick on the team is Stanley Johnson. So... You know, it, it's just they had to fight an uphill battle, but the, you know, they didn't they didn't quit. They didn't quit. They didn't quit until the they never quitted this whole season and didn't quit. They just they just lost. And you know what? Sometimes you just lose. It happens. You know, there are teams better than the Raptors. It is what it is. But they never played that way. And again, I want all future generations of the team to play with the quality that this team did. This is the blueprint moving forward. This team, this team, you improve in the talent. You improve in the development. You, you know, do what you need to. But this is the ethos moving forward. This is the franchise. This is what the team should look like. They have an identity. You play 25 seasons of Raptors basketball. You only get an identity, obviously, in the last seven years of winning and now winning at the highest level. This is the identity. And you keep this formula and you keep improving on it. You keep building on this. So... I'm thankful for the Raptors this year. I'm thankful to every single one of the Raptors. Thankful to the organization. And I'm very thankful to the fans. I mean, everyone who has listened to this show, I'm sorry this is a really sad episode. You know, it kind of has to be. It's one of those you pour it out kind of things. But I'm so grateful. Um, you know, I don't I don't want to rehash this because I think a lot of people already know sort of the story. But, you know, I didn't go to journalism school. <laughs> um, you know, I was lucky to meet a couple of people and was able to start writing Raptors Republic, got a couple of chances to do podcasts, but was doing it on the side, all of it on the side. You know, people were, some people were reading me when I was writing 10 things as a screenshot of a Google doc as a way to get around a work policy. Um, you know, I, there's been so much support shown to me, obviously, you know, I'm very happy to be where I am professionally. And I think I've earned that, but at the same time, you know, I, it's literally just a crowd effort. I mean, you know, for people to support me and everything like that, um, to turn what is objectively, a, you know, uh, a fantasy kind of job um, into a side hustle and then that turn that side hustle into my full time job is phenomenal. I have to thank everybody who has followed me on Twitter or read my work, or listened to the podcast, shared the work, 
10 things, all my other articles, you know, videos running back so many people. And, you know, I'm grateful to have worked with so many great people, both, uh, at Raptors Republic, both here at Yahoo, even at the score. I mean, you know, knew a lot of people, you know, and, and a lot of people have, you know, uh, helped me get to this point, but really it's just the people who have consumed. So thank you everybody. Honestly, thank you. Absolutely. A huge thank you. I'm always internally grateful um, for people who have supported me because again, you know, I'm, I'm like, you know, I, it's, it makes sense that I cover the Raptors. I'm like an undrafted, uh, like an undrafted free agent, you know? Um, and it really took a lot of support to uh, put me here. So really thankful. Uh, it was a long, long season. There'll be more coverage, you know, we're shooting running back might be the saddest running back, but, uh, we were shooting running back. All right. Uh, we're going to do a live call-in show on Monday, me and Josh noon. So call in on Monday, maybe take the weekend, take the weekend off, spend some time with your family. <laughs> maybe, um, I don't know, watch the other playoff games. Although the rest of the series are kind of garbage. Um, the Lakers rockets, the rockets quit already. And, um, the, the nuggets kept their series alive, but let's be real. The Clippers are going to beat them. Um, you know, just maybe take the weekend off on basketball, but, uh, come back Monday, call us, you know, the phone lines will be open. And yeah, we'll, we can break down sort of where we go from here. But for now, the Raptors lose game seven. You know, congrats to the Celtics. I hate saying that, but congrats to the Celtics. They proved themselves to be a really, really good team tonight. Um, yeah. And thanks everyone for listening. So the Raptors, <laughs> you know, it's a long, long journey to get here. Many, many months. We're literally in the middle of September now, but. You know, they played with pride and they, they play like champions at the end. They ran out of gas. They made too many mistakes. Those four mistakes at the end there could have changed everything, but, you know, doesn't change anything about how I feel about this team. I'm going to be bragging about this team from now until forever. So thanks everyone for listening. Thanks to everyone for supporting the show. Um, you know, thanks to KFC for sponsoring the show. And, um, yeah, I look forward to doing the first uh, Raptors Reaction Podcast of next season. I mean, it will be... I don't know about summer league. It might be winter league, to be honest. If they even have one of those, I'm not really sure what's going to go on there. Uh, but if it's you know winter league, if it's um, preseason, obviously if it's regular season, I can't wait to to get back at this man. I love doing this job. I love this team. I love this franchise. They play like champions until the very end, and I'm so thankful for that. So thanks everyone for listening. And yeah, catch you soon. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.